BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. Michael Jackson's Thriller Album. Stories in the Room. This is Michael Jackson's Thriller Album. Stories in the Room. Join film composer Anthony Marinelli, who programmed synthesizers for seven songs on Thriller, and A&R veteran film producer Stephen Ray, who assisted Quincy Jones and was in the studio every day with Quincy and Michael. Michael Jackson's Thriller album, Stories in the Room. I'm Anthony Marinelli with my longtime close friend and co-host Stephen Ray, bringing you the real stories directly from the talented people in the room with us, during the making of Thriller, the greatest selling album of all time. We're fortunate to welcome and share stories with recording artist and one of the most prolific guitarists of our time, Paul Jackson Jr. He's performed with the biggest stars in music history and he's known as the guitarist that can play anything. His memorable work on the Thriller album can be heard on the songs PYT, Beat It, and The Lady in My Life. In this segment, we hear how Quincy was open to the ideas of the musicians to discover what works best for the song, while Michael was always asking, how can it be better? That's a combination that leads to excellence. Paul, we wanted to ask you, you know, when, uh, when did you meet Michael and when did you meet Quincy? Interesting. I met Michael in 1979. Uh, they were working on the Destiny album that uh, Greg Milligan's produced with um it'll come back to me later um but greg actually called me to play on the destiny record and so i met uh, all the brothers at that point and then i met michael as well so uh doing a lot of you know doing a lot of that record um yeah had a great time that was fun in 1979 is when we met where'd you do that was that cherokee yeah, we did it at Cherokee. Wow, you got a great memory. Oh my gosh. Yeah, we did it at Cherokee yeah. right there on Fairfax. Yeah. I mean, sure that just, just so many great, yeah. that was the groove. That's where all that stuff came from, you know, that I remember. That's it's easy to remember yeah. that because I grooved out the record yeah. playing it over and over. <laughs> yeah. Me too. I mean, even though I played on it, it's like, I met Quincy in 1981, I believe it was. Uh, he was working on James Ingram's solo album. And so he called me in to play on James's uh, solo record. And after that, I started working with him, you know, reasonably uh, frequently. And I think the next project that I did with him was Thriller. It was the other way. It, actually, it was the other way around, actually. I remember. Thriller came first, and then we did James in 83. So did you play on did you play with on Quincy's Dude album that James 
did just once in 100 ways? I did not. Because Thriller was 82. Oh, okay, so so you, you came on James after Thriller because we, I remember we went on vacation after Thriller and you we know came what? back and did James. <laughs> You're right, because Quincy, Quincy made a comment, and I'll never forget, because before he did his solo record, because James had sung on Just Once and 100 Ways, and Quincy made the comment, James is going to be a star before he ever has a solo record. So you're absolutely right. Yep, you're right. Not such wow. a bad start. Yep, I had to turn around. So that being the first one, like, was that a different experience from anything else you had done? I mean, you worked with the Jacksons, but having Michael and, and Quincy kind of driving the show, how, did it strike you as a different uh, experience and, and the whole overall just vibe of being there? Well, it was amazing because the good thing about Quincy was he not only he never really asked you, or I shouldn't say never. He didn't want to know just what you were going to play. He also wanted to know what you thought. Hmm. And he calls you for the session based on your reputation. But also, you know, he would find out, well, you know, what are you thinking? You know, what are you thinking? How can you make this go? You know, well, let's try this, try this, try this, try something else, try whatever you want to try. Mm -hmm. And then he would kind of steer it. You know, if it got off the rails, he'd put it back on the rails. You know, if it was going too fast, he'd pull it back. If it was going too slow, he'd push it. But the cool thing was he, Quincy always wanted to know what you thought, uh, not just what you were going to play. And that was all, I thought that was really, really cool. Yeah, it's a higher concept. I mean, they clearly had the visual thing in mind. And every time we talk to someone, it, it's these are like indicative of some of artists that are trying to transcend just audio music or something because it was such a visual album and then it it just broke ground and it basically led the way in mtv beyond even what the mtv artists were doing you know there's a little bit of a foray in right. there but then michael popped in it was just like these are films and so quincy asking that i think it was just indicative of where they were going they were just ahead of everybody that's what it seems like to me yeah i, I I would agree with that. And, you know, pushing the envelope. And of course, that was Michael's personality is always, you know, pushing the envelope. How can it be better? How can it be more amazing? How can it be more innovative? You know, and that's one of the things I really appreciated about working with Michael, just a consummate professional. It was always like, how can it be better? You know, what else can we do? Right. And Quincy was casting the musicians according to a lot of things, I think, what they brought to the table as overall musicians, not not you just as a guitar player, I think. Right. I, I would agree with that. Yeah, I'd say that's true. Yeah, because it's like contributing to the arrangement. Right, right. And to that, you know, point, uh, your involvement with PYT and Lady in My Life and, and uh, Beat It, I mean, what, what, what was your experience in terms of when you came in on, on PYT, for example, that, of course, that James, James Ingram uh, wrote, you know? Yeah. Well, it was... What was that like? Uh, it was a lot of fun. What Basically, I remember the tracking date was in the... the uh, B. Uh, it, yeah, it was in B. I was going to say the smaller room at Westlake on Beverly. And um, James and Greg Fillingaines were there. Lewis Johnson was there. I was there. And Anthony was there. And I remember James was running the song down. And so we did a track of it. You know, just kind of cut a track of it. Right. And, you know, I didn't really think too much. And then Quincy called me back to come in and overdub. Well, when I came into overdub, it was just Quincy Bruce and myself and Bruce was, you know, he had this thing, <laughs> which I will not disclose, 
called the Accusonic Accusonic Music Recording Process. And uh, I won't disclose it, but (laughs) suffice it to say, I had enough uh, room to just try anything I wanted. And so I think that day I put down about seven tracks of guitar for PYT. Mm. Right. Yeah. Right. And he just let me create, just try stuff, try this, try that. One thing I do remember is in the bridge where it, uh, it's, uh, let's see. So I doubled the bass line with kind of like a power guitar sound. Mm-hmm. And then I left it out. And Quincy's like, oh, no, 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 no. He said, once you bring it in, don't leave it out. <laughs> so in the vamp and only in the vamp after the bridge, you hear the bass, uh, you hear, you know, you hear the, the, the synth bass, but you also hear the guitar playing. Let's see. So you hear the, the guitar, the rock plug guitar playing along with the bass because he didn't want it to fall out there. But yeah, it's about, that was about, that was about seven tracks of guitar. But you know what? That's another thing. That's like way ahead of its time because now Pro Tools, we have 200 tracks. Back then we had 24 tracks and then a click maybe and then a buffer track so it wouldn't bleed. So really only two, 22 tracks and then five tracks for drums. And you're down to like, you know, in the teens. And he's given you seven tracks back then. So that's thinking like, again, film mix, you know, it's, it's well, way ahead of their time. That was part of the secret of the Accusonic recording process. Ooh. <laughs> it was, yeah. It, yeah, it but, was a way, but, you know, was, <laughs> but, but you're absolutely right. Well, you had to pull it <laughs> off, though. You can't, like, it's great to just say it, but then for somebody to put themselves in a time machine and go back there and lock up the machines and do everything that they were doing. And you know, Stephen, how many times did you have a story where it, Bruce was locking up, dealing with the machines not working, and then Michael would run off where to an adventure right <laughs> we go to the beverly center we walk over to the beverly center where we jump in the car and go ride right you know riding around you know because it and cause just it, to get out because he would he would get restless and you know just want to get out because the machines would lock up and matt and bruce are in there trying to figure you know recalibrate everything reset everything and uh We'd be down for two hours, and we'd just leave. <laughs> yeah, the magic yeah. was oh, man. the magic re- was in the hard work. That's the magic, all the hard work. Yeah, I re- I rem- yeah I remember those days. I can't even remember what the um, the uh, the synchronizing device was called, but you know, like you said, you had the buffer, you had the symphony, then the buffer tracks. So you had you were down to twenty two, and and you you know you had to wait till the machines would chase each other, and they they you know and and it right. was you know it was that was an interesting time. <laughs> Yeah. Now we just copy and paste it. You know, it's like, yeah. well, I don't, but anyway, but yeah. Slightly more exciting. Join us for the next episode of Michael Jackson's Thriller album, Stories in the Room, with your hosts, Anthony Marinelli and Stephen Ray. Watch our extended interviews on youtube.com forward slash at Stories in the Room. Audio-only interviews are available on all podcast networks. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Stories in the Room. For the latest news and links, visit the website, storiesintheroom.com. This podcast is produced by Christian D. Brune and David Wolf. Recorded by Autovita Studios. Additional recording by Ben Rackless. Edited by Jay Spang and Sean Hedinger. 
Music by Anthony Marinelli and Stephen Ray. Michael Jackson's Stories.